Welcome to Long Beach Locals, a podcast presented to you by Active Life located right here in Long Beach, New York. On this podcast, we're going to be connecting you with other local businesses and the people who run them so that you can get to know their stories. In today's episode, we are talking to Sean McDaniel, the owner and founder of the Long Beach Barbell Club. In this episode, you'll hear Sean's origin story as a personal trainer, but more importantly, his fight to keep his life and how important fitness has played a role in his life. Like many great entrepreneurs and coaches, Sean wanted to develop a community of people who had a passion for pushing their bodies to the limit, as well as bouncing back from major setbacks that would put anyone with a negative mindset down. Over the last few years, Sean has competed in powerlifting, was knocking on death's door, bounced back, competed in strongman, experienced even more setbacks, and has come out on top by being a loving father and husband to his family. When you enjoyed this episode, please like, subscribe, and leave us a review on your favorite platform to listen to future podcasts. If you have a business here in Long Beach and would like to be featured on a future episode of the podcast, please send an email to info at activelifelongbeach.com. We'd love to connect with you and highlight your business right here on Long Beach Locals. Let's get to the show. Sean McDaniel, the man himself. Yep, it's yep. great to have you. Um, you. Definitely want you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm from uh, South Jamaica, Queens. Um, I've been living in Long Beach now for 10 years. And uh, I've been in... S- the gym in some capacity since I was 10 and I am 37 now so that's awesome yeah I spend a lot of time in the gym <laughs> what does um the gym mean to you then you said you, yeah, you've been spending a majority of your life in there it's definitely kept you know you said you, there's been a lot of things that has done for you it helped you accomplish like what does that mean to you the gym the gym kept me safe and what I mean by that is you know growing up where I grew up I had a lot of problems with people and I could have easily went another direction and going to the gym so young and being part of the gym culture, it kept me safe and it gave me an avenue to kind of vent frustration. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So um, oh, throughout the years when it became, I got into different avenues of fitness industry, I always kind of looked at the gym as like a safe haven, a place so I can let out my aggression and the achievements and the goals and all that stuff, that's going to come. But um, I always just kind of use it as a, a, a form of iron, like iron therapy, like therapy. Mm. Yeah. So I didn't really care for like the body and all that stuff. I just really wanted to release my anger. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I know we've known each other for a long time. You yeah, helped me get started with uh, powerlifting, lifting, and yeah, everything yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, I definitely has had a big influence on me. Appreciate uh, that. You, was, Appreciate you that. alone have had a great influence Appreciate on me that. and plenty of other individuals Appreciate who that. the gym means everything to. You know, Appreciate like it is that. a safe haven for yeah. those who have made it that way. Yeah. Um, every single hour, every single day, oh, every, yeah. any day of the week, yeah. like we're there, we're nah. lifting heavy. And not just lifting heavy, but lifting with a group of people who with the, on the same mission of yeah. how important it meant to us to be in that gym all the time i when I, when everything happened it was so organic and i remember when danny came up to me at stopping shop and um i didn't want to be a personal trainer man i was like i don't it's not for me and i didn't really know how to talk to people like that and i didn't even think i knew what i was doing in the first place you know i think i was just getting lucky and it just kind of had a snowball effect and I kind of saw how you guys were doing and I'm like, man, these guys are killing it, you know? And 
I wanted y'all to go down a path where I didn't go because I got sponsored pretty early for doing some push-up records, and then that sponsorship led, led to me getting another sponsorship, and then supplements. And I always wanted to show kids, and teenagers, and um, young athletes that you know you don't need to be taking all these crazy supplements, and you know just focus on your form and focus on your lift and and get that mind body connection. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. like you said, just I wanted a group of guys, man, that we just hung out and we trained and we all had a the same state of mind. We fed off each other's energy. Yeah, for sure. And I remember it. It was uh, the highlights of my teenage years. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like sitting every hour, every yeah, second in yeah. the gym, like yeah. being with that group of people, coming back and you like you, the second you walk into the gym, it's like these the people who saw you was like, Oh, you know these people are about to come oh, in and get yeah, it. Yeah. We were, and it wasn't even like we were disrespectful. Nah. It wasn't like we were trying to be like showing like show out and nah. try to showcase our how strong we are. We were quiet. I think we were the quietest we, guys yeah. in the gym. We were lifting the heaviest. <laughs> For sure. And that's a, that's what I think was so important about it was because it created so much character in all of us. Like, mm-hmm. especially us at a younger age, we were like, we're still figuring it out. And yeah. to, for yeah. us to be able to be part of that and create a culture yeah. within itself is something unbelievable. Yeah, no, I remember um, it came to a point where it was like big. I remember my wife was like, you're in the gym all day. My, You know, my son, Lil Sean, was like, Barely one, yeah. He's, you know, I'm in the. I mean, she's like, "Where's Sean?" That's oh, he's downstairs in the gym. You know, <laughs> here with the guys. You know, mm-hmm. but you know, I think that that really helped build me as a person. You know, mm-hmm. like just seeing how you guys went on with life, and you guys put the the time in, you put the effort in, and I think that right there was so much. It, it gave me so much, you know, about me, myself, and it made me feel good, man, because I think my best times when I moved out here, which was with, you know, original group of us, you know, and, For sure. you know, we, we were green. Mm-hmm. I was green, but you guys, man, I'm so proud of all you guys, man. You guys, I talk about you guys all the time. Likewise, yeah. yeah all the time, man. I got big up to the Long Beach Original Barbell Club, man. For real. Yeah. And I want to hear more about, like, what personal training and you – being more of a coach and a mentor to p- kids, to you know, the younger athletes, or just people really trying to get into the weight room, what is that? What has that done for you? What has that meant to you? And the effect you've had on other people, like just training your your business and training. Also, mention where where you're at. Um, Long Beach Barbell Club is. I started back up a few months ago. Um, I was in the hospital, and I, when I was in the hospital, I kind of was like, you know, maybe I should just try to give this personal t- training a shot. I didn't have a license, a license at that time when I was working with you guys. I kind of was just working out with y'all, you know, mm-hmm. but um the importance of training with with kids and teenagers is that you know, they're so they're so especially now and what I've noticed in myself when I was younger, we get caught up in like the social media, okay? And we get caught up with especially more so. I'm talking about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. But now it's even more crazy cuz it's more it's, avenues of social media so we me personally i remember looking at branch warren ronnie coleman um derek poundstone uh, matt krasilewski these guys were lifting heavy weights and larry williams had just kind of popped into the scene and i was kind of competing with him not in a sense of like we were in the same weight class but i was next to him when he was coming up seeing him and I always was trying to compare myself to these men. And for me, it took me a while to dial back and be like, look, they're, I'm built different. We all are built different. 
you know. So I had to cut myself off from watching YouTube videos mm-hmm. and being influenced by those guys because I'm not going to be those guys, you know. So yeah. I'm not going to go into the gym and try to pull off a 500-pound deadlift when I'm just learning how to deadlift. And I think as teenagers get older and we're getting into this new generation of people who are, let's say, 18 down, they're coming into their high school years, they're playing lacrosse, they're playing football, they're watching these videos and they don't know. Some of these guys are enhanced. Mm-hmm. Some of these guys do this all day and this is all they do, you know, because I got caught up in that. I'm yeah. like, man, well, I'm not seeing any gains, so I'm going to load more weight. I'm going to take more supplements, you know, and I wanted to, I wanted really to show that you don't need that. All you need is hard work. Mm-hmm. Simple and plain, you know, there's no bells and whistles it's you go in there you grind you learn you know and i wanted you guys to learn so it was more so that and just kind of building a foundation for you guys to like be uncomfortable Mm -hmm. you know be used to being uncomfortable get comfortable being uncomfortable exactly like Mm -hmm. you 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 know it sucks right now but it's gonna pay out in the long run you know when you hit your goal yeah and i feel like us as a society we kind of want this this quick instant we're good. Yeah. We don't want to work for nothing no more, you know? But to this day, as a trainer and myself for the last few months, the, the clients I do have, I tell them, you know, you got to work for what you want. And if you don't want to put your 100% into it, it's not really what you want. Mm-hmm. I know what I want in life, you know? I want to be in this this fitness genre, you know? And I've gave, I gave 27 years to this. Yeah. And I'm, I got, I'm beat up, but I don't care. You know, I love it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that's hopefully I answer that question. Yeah, for sure. I want to know, like, to tap off with the mentorship that you've provided for tons of youth, myself included. I know that I found so much influence from you. You showed me a new, a new light to fitness. You showed me a new light to being humble, being humbled by the weight, being that person who is no problem saying I'm gonna take a step back or I know when and I need to be smart about yeah, right yeah. run the right play um, for the youth for the kids who may be listening to this or to the new upcomers of people getting into fitness and feel like it's been such a chore and a struggle what message do you have for them that helped you stay on track and helped you be the mentor that you were for youth like myself and people that you're training with now, the young kids who are looking for these answers, who are looking to know that it's all right? I think uh, consistency. Um, also, I think that you got to know what you want, you know, what, what direction you want to go. It's very intimidating when you walk into a gym and you not have a game plan. Mm-hmm. I've always had a game plan. Um, when you have your game plan and you walk into the gym with your game plan, and you're consistent with your game plan, then you gotta kinda X out a lot of stuff. Meaning, don't let people get in your ear so quick about, like I said, oh, you gotta take this, this, that, and the third, okay. Listen, you know, be humble, don't be an asshole, whatever, sorry, I curse. No, you uh, curse, you curse. <laughs> um, but listen, you you're always gonna find somebody who can give you I always basically what I'm trying to say is that I went to the gym and I didn't agree with a lot of stuff people were telling me at the time when I met you guys a lot of people were saying you know you're gonna get hurt and you know you got these kids that are doing this stuff and it's not right and da, da, da. I always tell people listen and you take what you like from what I just said and you put it 
if you didn't like the rest, throw the rest away. But you take that little whatever. And the gym is full of people who have different views. Mm -hmm. So I would take views from everybody, take different notes, and I'll make my own path. Once you make your own path and you have your goal, you have your consistency, it's a matter of going back to being able to put yourself in a position where it's going to be times when you're going to be hurt, sore. You're going to have times when you just kind of want to kick back and not really, you know, want to be a kid. And, you know, that's when the determination and the dedication comes in. You know, you got to be determined to do whatever you want to do, whether it be you got to basically make your mind up. If you want to be a, a casual gym goer or you're going to be a train train training, you know, yeah. it's two different things. Yeah. Training and a casual gym guy, we're two different animals. You know, mm -hmm. I go there with a purpose. I go there with a, 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 a initiative. Mm -hmm. And I think kids and teenagers, whether it be in sports or any other kind of focus goal they have, be consistent, be humble. The humbleness is just basically there's going to be older heads that have been in the gym a little longer than you, and they're going to see something, you know, you may not want to hear it because I was like that. When I was young, I didn't want to hear what any Same. You know, I didn't want to hear what nobody was saying. I was like, get out of here, man. You're just mad because you can't do what I'm doing. Yep. But some of those guys, man, they had a past, and they did stuff in the fitness world. You know, I talked to a lot of guys, man, who were telling me, oh, yeah, I did, used to do this. I'm like, oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Like, I got to try to do that, you know? So be humble, man. Take advice from everybody. Don't just come in there with a big head because big heads – you know, lead you nowhere. It pop. You yeah. can't walk through that door with a big head. So yeah. be eager to learn. And, and and I made this mistake, and I'm kind of making up for it now, but be well-rounded. Be well-rounded. Know about stretching. Know about the, the, the pre-workout movements. Learn about the diets. Learn about – I didn't really care for all of that when I was younger. That kind of led mm -hmm. to me paying for it later on in life, which I'm trying to rebound from. But – Take the time, take care of your body while you're training. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think. Yeah, it's so, something that um that ref that I like to resonate on the way I do my training, the way I approach fitness in general is something Bruce Lee said, where his style, his fighting style, isn't one single name. Like he practiced tons of different martial arts to come up with his own thing and people still can't replicate it because that was the point of it. It was the point of it was to be you can't replicate this. He made his own thing and the what he wants from everybody else, make your own thing. Yeah. Try different things. Experiment with them. Yeah. See what works really well for you and what doesn't work so well for you. Yeah. Build your own thing. Create your own way of fitness, as your own way of health, your own way of approaching whatever you may do. Exactly. And that's something that I think I learned one from you and from tons of different mentors in my life. Yeah. Um, being a sponge, especially at such a young age, is what helped me be this mature at this age. Yeah, I, um, I know I get a lot of compliments and I am so appreciative of it, of how people tell me I'm very mature for my age. You are. And you I are. appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. And it's something that I want other like young viewers or parents who are listening as well to know, like, let your kids learn. From their own mistakes oh, but yeah. let, uh, make sure they're learning and being sponges to other people's mistakes i remember when we were getting you ready for that football uh the bench test yeah, yeah, yeah and um i remember you know when you came back you're like damn man i you know i just was too small whatever right i don't know exactly what but 
I remember just telling you, look, man, we're going to get in the next meet. Yep. We can't dwell on that. You know, we're we going to keep you going. You're going to keep pushing you. You're going to go and, you know, you ended up in another school or whatever like yeah. that, you know. And um, you got you got to take the bumps, man. You're like, you know, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to, you know, you're going to hit hard, you know. So it's not going to be an easy road, but at least you can brace yourself for the impacts and yeah. and bounce back. I think you got to really have that bounce back mentality, you know, and, you know, you had that mentality and I saw that. And I'm like, yeah, this dude is real. Like he, you know, a lot of you guys, you know, had some bounce back, a lot of bounce back. Yeah. You know? So <laughs> I'm, I'm watching you guys now as, as you guys are adults now, I'm like, yeah, man, they're my, I, you know, I saw what I saw and you guys are taking it to another level. So, yeah, I mean, we, we needed that leader in us or like that leader from you to show it in us, you, you know, like, you. uh, to recap from that, um, experience at that football combine that I went to, uh, I hit two twenty five the bench test for 11 and I was like, all right, I see these kids doing 25s, 30s, um, all these kids who are giants, and I'm fresh out of high school. I'm scared. I'm like, these kids are different. Yeah. And that's when I, we came back to it, and we were like, let's get like, okay, take it on the chin. Yeah, it is yeah. what it is. Yeah, so yeah. let's keep it going. What's the next thing now? Yeah. So that's how the first powerlifting me came yeah, about. And yeah. it just, that sparked something in me that was just like, you're not the biggest fish. You're not the big, big bad dog that you nah. keep telling yourself to be. And that that chance to fail turned into the biggest lesson of my life where it's like, you're not always going to be the best. You're not always going to be like motivated. You're not always going to be these things, but what you can do is be as disciplined as you possibly can and yeah. have fun with it. Like, Definitely. and that's where it came to the, having that community environment in the gym where we would meet each other every single day at the same time, right yep. after school, right after mm -hmm. practice, yep. before school, waking mm -hmm. up early mornings, mm -hmm. like making it the number one priority. It was, let's keep getting better together. And yeah. it, it's something that I, it's hard to find in a lot of people, yeah. not just people, but younger kids, oh, and yeah, especially yeah. in the gyms, you see them talking about the different uh, supplements, different SARMs, pre-workouts. Yeah, oh, was. I saw this dude on online do these things. It's, it's starting to create a very big misconception on yeah, I fitness. See, I see kids, man, and I'm like, you know, and I'm not going to say names of stores, nothing like that, but you shouldn't be selling that stuff to kids, man. Like when I was younger, man, I got into, um, what was it? Um, the pro hormones. That was, mm -hmm. that was a thing back when I was, you know, around you, your age. Yeah. My early, late, late, early twenties, like nineteen ish or so, and I was sponsored, so I got like at least a thousand dollars a month, and I would get the um, pro hormones. I think they're illegal now. But mm -hmm. It's like forty milligrams of testosterone. You're probably gonna use the bathroom and get rid of half of it. Yeah. <laughs> that was as long. That's as far as we went. And then of course the pre workout. So like I had the craziest pre workout, craziest sounding pre workout. And it people don't realize, man, that stuff takes a takes a lot out of you when it comes to like your kidneys and your liver, man. Like I had a couple times when I had to go get blood work and they were saying, Yo, your kidneys are banged up for your age, like, what are you taking, you know? And I was mm -hmm. like, like no, nah, you got to cut that out, you know? And I haven't taken a pre-workout in forever, you know? I that's might great. I might get like a, what's that, a Celsius, <laughs> you know? But, you know, I, that stuff it's is like getting good. your fix, you know? Yeah, you know, but I don't, I, I don't, I try to, and, and, when you're, this is when you know you're bad. When you're, you know, you're messing up in the game when you're substituting food for a protein shake. Mm-hmm. Eat your protein. <laughs> the shakes are just for like, okay, real quick. But don't let that be your main thing. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was trying to put on weight and put on size, I would eat first. 
drink the shake for a snack. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, you gotta move smarter now. All you young guys listening, man, yeah, move smarter. Like, don't fall for these TikTok, YouTube guys, gimmicks, gimmicks. It's all, it's BS. You know, it's like, come on, I'm so old school, man. Like, and it's not not even just the um, young kids. It's definitely for the adults, the women, yeah. the men, the oh, yeah. the people who are very confused. The there's so much more to it, and you, yeah. it's hard when you, everything you see on Instagram is fake, and not yeah, just Instagram, yeah, yeah. the social medias, things like that. People yeah. promoting the wrong yeah, things. You, you got other places promising this pill is a magic pill; it's going to do this th- wonderful thing for you. And uh, it's, I think it's very admirable for you as well to be on this podcast today to say, like, yeah, I took those things. And I realized oh, it wasn't yeah, yeah. the right answer. And, no. uh, yeah. and, and in the heat of the moment, yeah, your body was fine. Your body, you felt invincible because you were young and everything yeah. was fine. And I made the same mistakes. You know, I. Um, I experimented with SARMs at a younger age, younger age as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it scared me that everybody was bigger than me. It scared me that everybody was better than me. I was like, I want to be these people, and the only way I know how to, gotta take a take this magic pill that yeah. was so amazing, yeah. and realize that's not what it was about. It was, uh, and it, did it give me any strength? Did it give me anything? It gave me a little bit, but was that the answer? I can tell not. you off of experience being around you when you were younger. And I'm going to make this a bold statement. But I saw it. I told my wife, out of everybody, there was two guys. It was you and Danny. I said, easily the strongest guys in the gym at that time. Forget about me. Because you guys, you know, supplements can't substitute determination and grit. Mm -hmm. And, And the way I had it, I had you guys channel those emotions I don't know if you remember. I used to be whispering in your ear. I remember. You know, remember. Uh, it, uh, this whispering little triggers, and those triggers turn you into something else. So once you walk up to that bar, it's like that fear turn that fear into aggression. That is more than me just going here and taking some SARMs. And okay, because also when you're taking that stuff, you're gonna sit back now, like okay, I'm gonna let it work. You know, I'm not gonna work harder. Mm-hmm. Some people, you know, I might be wrong on that one, but. I remember when I was taking all that stuff, I wouldn't work as hard as I did. You know, now I'm working out harder than I ever worked out. And I'm yeah. stronger than I've ever been. But you got to put the work in. You know, the substitutions with the, the SARMs and, and all that stuff, man, especially young and adults. If you're not on a level where you're making money, if you're not on a level where you're at the Arnold Classic and you freaking live, this, you're paying, you got a million dollar on the line like yeah. this is what it's what is what you work so hard okay, for okay then all right fair enough you know mm-hmm. go ahead do your thing man but if you local for what to be on the beach you know come on that's and that goes out to like the guys who are my age and that you know like you going to do all that just to be on the beach bro all right stop it yeah it's cuz you're killing yourself you don't yeah. realize what you, what you're really doing you don't realize that you have like people will get so lost in their idea of what they want to do in a sense of physique what they want to do in the gym numbers wise just to say that they did it yeah. and then yeah. they don't realize too like you have family you got things to worry about you're you're an adult like oh, yeah. there's real shit that has to happen before oh, yeah. you talk about yeah but i got i got that bench number though right yeah, yeah. yeah. it's it's tough and that's it's definitely a big ego thing that has been a big misconception in the fitness industry and just in a lot of commercial gyms, a lot of maybe some box gyms where people, their egos just keep getting ahead of them. Oh yeah. I'm in the gym all the time, man. And you know, I, 
just even today, I was just in a gym, and a lot of people don't know what I do. I, yeah. I kind of keep a lot of the stuff that I do kind of quiet. People know I live behind the gym, and they know, okay, he he has those stones and all the other stuff. So, But they don't know what I do. Mm-hmm. You know, They don't know I'm a strong man. They don't know I'm a power lifter. But I can. The problem with us as 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 a society, when it comes to being in the fitness realm, we gotta stop competing with people. Mm-hmm. If I walk in the gym right now and we're both at the bench press, and I'm watching you, you watching me, sub, sub subconsciously you competing with me. I'm competing with you because you know what, man, this dude, I, right, you know, and that's how injuries happen. Exactly. You know, because you try and be watching this man. Mm-hmm. They don't know what I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? They're, you got to stop. People got to stop competing with each other. People got to stop looking at these people who are posting these pictures. And this one's for the women. And in reality, love is not real. Mm. Let's be real. Love is fake. Not, yeah. You know, and I'm sorry, ladies, but. You know, a lot of you see a lot of these women on TikTok and stuff. Those physiques they have, they're they're modified. Yeah. So sure. you know, let's let's kind of stop competing with other people and compete with yourself. Normalize being normal. Exactly. You know, there's nothing wrong with uh, what what you've been given. You know, yeah, exactly. it's just building with it. You don't get to choose the deck of cards. You don't get to choose the cards you're dealt. You just get to play the game. Exactly. You just play the play game. Play the game. Yeah. Because if you if I tell you go to the gym right now and lift heavy. You're going to see results regardless, even if you're not trying to be, you know, you're going to see results. You're going to get big. You might not have the six-pack or whatever. Or I say you want to go out there, you want to be a bodybuilder, do your do your 12 to 24 or whatever like that, do it, you know. But stop competing. With it. Compete with yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's how it should be. Compete with yourself. Don't compete with nobody else. I never compete with anybody else unless it was time to. Yeah, and I I, I I agree with you. Like I know, like I I still do every now and then. Like I will admit it. Like I I, I went to another commercial gym recently, and I saw, I was benching, and I saw another guy benching a little bit. Like he's trying to keep up with me and yeah, everything yeah. like that. And I'm like, am I gonna really prove a point right now? Just just cause I I did it for a little bit, and then as I kept going, I was just like, Yo, Justin, what are you doing? Yeah, like, yeah. you're 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 doing what you keep preaching not uh, to. And then yeah. I took the step back. I was yeah. like, you know what? Let me do what I do. Let me keep yeah. focusing on me and let it all happen later that day dude comes up to me he's like yo i saw your i saw what you was doing i think that was really cool like i'm trying to be strong like you but mm-hmm. while you don't realize like and sometimes like you said subconsciously you think you're in a competition with these people people are really admiring people oh, have yeah. a lo- usually the same mindset as you where it's like we're all here for the same mission we're here oh, to get yeah. better we're here to oh, yeah. better our wellness our health our fitness whatever it may be mm-hmm. or just a, like an outlet you yeah. know um I always I think that's funny on my end though because it's like I always yeah like I said I always could try to tell myself I don't do that but I do that. Um, I want to reflect back on something you mentioned about you breaking records and this is actually one of the funny stories that when we met was that you told me you broke a record for push-ups I was like yo that's dope like yeah, uh, yeah, what's yeah. the record and things like that he's like no 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 you don't understand like. I do push-ups in the back of my hand. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm yeah. like, what, what? What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> can you um, can you talk about that one a little bit? Yeah. So um, I was about. So basically, I I was a boxer, right? So my first experiences in the gym was being a boxer. So at 10 years old, I was in a boxing gym. Over time, you know, boxing in the amateur circuit in New York City, um, I kind of started getting a wrist pain from punching, and I kind of stopped boxing. But I kind of wanted to keep the body I had, but I just didn't want to box anymore. So I, I was bouncing at the time. I was a bouncer, and 
nobody wanted to hire me because I was skinny, but I couldn't afford to go to a gym. Mm. So I read about the Herschel Walker, how he did push-ups in between commercial breaks. So I tried that, you know, and I was working in the city, and I was working in Soho. So I was a, I was working for this guy or whatever, and my lunch break, I would do as many push-ups as I could do in a half hour. Then it went for an hour. Then it, it came to a point where I was doing, I think I went up to like 2,500, 3,000. How many did you do in one shot with the longest? 100. I did 109. That's crazy. On uh, At uh, Eva Supplements on A Street between 5th and McDougal, Marine. Marine <laughs> came into the store challenging me because I was sponsored. And he's like, oh, what's this guy sponsored for? He's like, oh, he's going to break a world record doing push-ups. Like, oh, I'm from fresh out the Marines. You know, all right, let's do push-ups right now in one minute. You know, I banged out. I, think I forgot how many. He did like 80 or something like that. But I did like 109. I'll never forget that because I yeah. felt so good. Um, that goes back to what you're saying, kind of whatever. But um, <laughs> no, so the, the backhand push-ups came about because I was re- reading a book about this England's most toughest guy. And he was a bouncer. He broke over 200 world records. And one of the records were doing push-ups on the back of his hands. So I was like, man, that sounds dope. So... My a friend of mine saw that I was doing all these push-ups and getting sponsors because you know eventually they talked me into trying to break hit some of his records. So one of them was the backhand push-ups in one hour with a forty-pound book bag on, and the most push-ups on the backhand in one minute with a forty-pound book bag on. So from there, I did it. The record was originally six six three. I did eight hundred and four in one hour. I'm back of my hands with 40 pounds on my on my back. Um, I did 74 in one minute. And um, the company that I was sponsored by, I was sponsored by a company called Eva Supplements, which is a mom and pop shop that sells supplements. And then I was sponsored by a company called Ignite Supplements, which doesn't exist anymore. Basically, they took my footage because there was a split in the company. And the creator of the supplements wanted me, and then the guy who had the money wanted me. So I just wanted my footage. So I never got my footage of me breaking those records and sending them to Guinness. But I said, well, you know what? I'm going to chase his other records. So I went and chased his backhand records. And I broke them, broke a couple of them. So the backhand push-ups ended up helping rehab my wrist. So I had some tearing in my wrist. And doing the backhand push-ups, it actually made me punch harder. Mm-hmm. And I, I probably still got some of the damn, like some of the bruising from doing those things, man. But yeah, man, it was, they're a great workout, man. I'm telling you, doing backhand pushups. I did, uh, I was doing one arm backhand pushups on a one foot incline. That's crazy. Decline. I remember, I remember back and when you told me originally that you broke these records and things like that, I was like, that's, that is, this is crazy. I was like, let me go. Yeah. I went home that night. I was like, all right, let me see what I can do. Yeah. Tried doing one. I almost broke my wrist. I was like, you know what? Let me, let, that's when I, the same thing, stayed humble. I was like, yeah. let me stay in my lane. Yeah. Like, this nah, man, man is different. No, nah, dude, I, I, I broke, the, I broke like, I ended up breaking like seven records and I set like maybe three. And this guy in Barcelona kept hitting me up, breaking them. I was getting pissed. So you're we going back and <laughs> forth. And I eventually let him have them. I think I have one still standing. But, yeah, you go online. You type in um, Sean McDaniel. You Google Sean McDaniel push-up. You'll see the records. And ba- I did n- bare knuckle on concrete and mm-hmm. all kinds of shenanigans, man. I remember, yeah, I looked it up, too. I saw what you had go, like what you were doing and stuff like yeah. that. It was cool yeah. seeing that, you know. And that's, that's, that, that's coming from me being broke, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was, you know, I had no other choice. <laughs> How can I hit my chest in other ways? And when I, hit, when I was doing those – 
I felt more it was hitting more under here, so I was like, okay, under my chest. Mm-hmm. But um, also it made, it made my wrist, man, my forearms solid, man, solid. Man. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that's great. I want to follow up another question of you had an article written about you in the Long Island Herald. I want you to tell us a little bit about that. Yes, yeah, it's been a rough year. <laughs> Still going through it. Uh, so this goes back to I'm going to talk to the, the the people, especially like kids, twenty down. I dirty bulked my whole life. I dirty bulked, especially when I stopped boxing. I felt like I stopped doing those push-up records. I felt like now I want to get into powerlifting now. I want to try that. I dirty bulked. So my first meet, I was 220. I wanted to go to 242, you know. And from that, it became something that followed me for the rest of my life. I just wanted to get bigger. So I didn't have the money, in the, you know, to go and get the, 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 those injectables, mm-hmm. anti- anabolic, anabolic stuff, which I didn't really care to have because I, I, I was angry enough. <laughs> but I was a guy where I would to to up until last year, I would drink a whole gallon of milk, whole milk, no problem. Mm-hmm. One day, dozen eggs, easy. One day, scrambled. Um, go to go to Burger King. I'll have like three whoppers, one sitting, easy. Um, I was just eating bad. Then. It came to a point where I reached, I was like 334. But I wasn't as strong as I thought I would be. So mm-hmm. now I'm this big, and now I got all these, these health issues coming up. Now I'm like, oh shit, sorry. Um, I'm, I, I got high blood pressure. We got to put you on medication. Okay, I'm on high blood pressure meds. Um, I'm having a hard time breathing this tie in my shoes. I'm having a hard time walking down the stairs. I can't go chase my son. So I cut the weight, but I kept, you know, I cut the weight, but I still kind of maintain that diet to a degree. So um, years of just unhealthy habits when it comes to eating. On top of that, you know, I was never much of a drinker. I didn't start drinking until I left the club scene, and so... I technically only was drinking for about four years to mm-hmm. that point that happened when everything happened to me. And I was going, I was so big. I was going through like six packs like it was nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, I could drink like three, six, I drink 12 beers and be fine. You know, I couldn't really do, I was drinking a hard liquor, but it just messed my stomach up. So now you add the beer and alcohol into everything. It became, and, the whole, and the whole milk. And the whole milk. Now it's becoming a cocktail for disaster and I didn't even realize. A doctor recently, I saw a doctor yesterday. He told me, I told him the story that I'm about to tell you. He said basically what I had was like your body eating itself. That's what severe acute pancreatitis is. So fast forward to September 8th, because I remember that day at the back of my hand. It was the first day of school in Long Beach for my son. Uh, For two days prior, I was training clients. I was working my other job. I noticed that I was getting bloated, like my stomach was getting big. I'm like, man, why is my stomach bloated? But I was losing weight because I wasn't eating. I was like, man, why am I not hungry? So I'm losing weight up here, but my belly's getting bigger. So I'm like, man, what's going on? So my wife is, you know, she sees I'm not eating, so she's making rice with extra olive oil and eggs with extra Mm -hmm. olive oil. Just wasn't hungry. September 8th comes around, wake up, I have a bad pain in my stomach. I've had years of gastro issues. 
irritable bowels, whatever you want to call it. So I'm saying it's that. So um, I dropped Sean off at the school. My son, Sean, his name is Sean too. Um, I dropped him off at the bus stop, and my next door neighbor is a firefighter. He says, Sean, you don't look that good. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I just got some gas built up. It's nothing. Go upstairs, take some pilot sex, sit down. Doesn't work. Go and get uh, some other gas X. Doesn't work. Pepto, roll Tums, all that stuff. So now we're going into, I want to say it was 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. I had to be at work that next day, but I couldn't even lay down. The pain felt like somebody was shooting me in my stomach. I got tattoos. People don't probably can't see me, but I got tattoos in, all over my body. I got tattoos across my Adam's apple. I got I got eight brands, impact brands. So pain is something that I'm used to. I couldn't take that pain. So my father-in-law talked me into going to the hospital. We went to the Long Beach ER, and they hit me with morphine instantly because I was in so much agony. My father-in-law is a retired cop in Far Rockaway. He worked at the 101, and he told the he told the doctor he's never seen nobody in so much agony in his years of being a cop. That's the pain I was in. I was in a lot of pain. I couldn't even stand up straight. I couldn't sit still. They gave me the morphine. I'm waiting for it to kick in. Didn't kick in. One, two, three, four. Four drips. Nothing. All right, take them in, get a sonogram and whatnot to see what's going on in there. Come back around. I'm telling them, give me another one. They're like, no, we can't give you another. That's too much, you know. They asked me, oh, you ever had pancreatitis? I'm like, I don't even know what that is. You know, I just want this pain to go away. They said, well, we got to rush you to South Nassau. So I'm like, okay, whatever. I remember getting in the ambulance and, like, them put me off the loading dock over here at the uh, Long Beach ER and being put into the ambulance. And I remember them going down Long Beach Road. And I remember seeing Stop and Shop in Oceanside. And I kind of remember blacking out. And right before I blacked out, I remember them telling them to, like, stop hitting the bumps so hard. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm at the hospital. I wake up, and uh, I go out again, and I wake up three weeks later. I was in a coma. My wife told me, and the doctors told me, and the story is basically I uh, I had went into instant organ failure, and I stopped breathing. They had to put me in a medical induced coma. Um, and I'm going to put this out there because this this means a lot, too, to the story because I didn't talk about this in the article because I, I want to give respect to his family. But that person kind of played a big part in my life today. So I'm going to tell this part of the story. So at, as, a, as I'm being put in this coma, they're watching me to make sure I don't go into what they call compartmentalization syndrome, which basically means the pancreas releases the fluids around and it crushes the organs and, you know, you got to go into surgery. There was another gentleman in the room, 40, active job. Same thing I had to the T, the same exact thing. He was awake, though. I was in my coma. He went into compartmentalization syndrome. They did the surgery, brought him back in. He was in a coma now. From what I hear, from what my wife tells me, what she told me a couple months later, because she didn't want me to react, she told me, I don't know, like a half hour before they told her they won't wake me up from my coma, he died. He died that day. I woke up from the coma. So, mind you, picture 
your family and my family in the same room, both of us are in this situation with the same thing. One of us walked out. And it, it, it's it's something that it it, it, it didn't, I, she didn't tell me until a while later because it had such a, a, a effect on me, which when I was in the hospital going through it, so I wake up. And when I wake up, I went into the hospital. I was like 290, 280. And I instantly tried to get up. I didn't know where I was at. I tried to get up. I fell flat on my face. I had such severe muscle deterioration. I was so gaunt. I They would literally prop me up and put me in a chair. I would sit there for a few hours, lay me back down, do the same thing all day. Eventually, they brought me downstairs to like a recovery area. And I didn't realize the significance of how much weight I lost and how sick I was at this point. And I remember looking at my legs. I'm like, man, my legs are small. And, you know, I'm in this recovery place, and I get up to go to the bathroom. I fall flat on my face, busted all of this open, had it swelled up, and I couldn't walk, you know? And I had to crawl. I used the bathroom on myself because I was walking to the bathroom. I had to crawl back to my bed and climb back on it. And thank God the guy next to me called the nurse or whatever. Um, so all that happened, I come out of the hospital. Like I said, at this point, I still don't know the gravity of everything. It hits me when I come home. And I had to spend weeks taking a shower sitting down. And, you know, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't work out, which is something that I love. And it took that away from me, you know, and I really just wanted to get back into the gym. The nurse, the head doctor at South Nassau told me when I was checking out, she said it's a 70 to 75% mortality rate for people who have that type of pancreatitis. The only reason why I'm alive today is because my system and my body is used to being taxed. So I, had a, I put up a good fight. But I, I, if I didn't train the way I train, for these 27 years, I would be dead right now. We wouldn't even be talking. That was a year ago. Isn't that crazy? They told me when I left the hospital, Sean, you're not going to be able to compete. You're not going to be able to train the way you train. You're diabetic now. I got instant diabetes from having that. They told, they told me you're not going to do any of this stuff. You get, you're done. I thought about it. I was like, yeah, you're right. I got really depressed, you know. But I said, you know what? Fuck that. I'm going to do this shit. I'm going to show them wrong, you know, and that's how I live my life. I don't let nobody tell me I can't do something. I'm going to do it. That's because you said I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I went to the gym, and all I could do was the machines. I did the machines, so I got to the dumbbells, you know. And uh, to make the long story short, um, what I learned from this situation was how important fitness is. And how it has been for me for years, because I kind of now sitting back after going through that, I see that it saved my life legitimately multiple times. And what I mean by that, my size and presence has kept me protecting me from gangs and issues I've had in the streets. It's kept me safe when it came to this situation happened to me a couple months ago. It also tested my will. It tested my fortitude. It tested my my overall. The thing that people were telling me, oh man, you got all the old heads, which 
I'm humble. I'll listen to you. I might not agree with you, but I'll listen to you because I'm not going to be that asshole. I'll listen to what you're saying, but you know how many people are telling me, you're out of the hospital now. You almost died. You need to chill. Yeah, that's what my follow-up question was going to be is like after the experiences, especially with the health condition, like how does it make you feel when people tell you to just give it up to you're getting too old or when's enough going to be enough? Oh, that's how I'm going to do this forever. I'll be that guy in the corner of the gym, man. Fucking, I'll be Ronnie Coleman. I mean, it's very crazy to say that, but it's crazy to people who can't fathom uh, the obsession that yeah, it, it, not just the obsession, but the the commitment you've put to fitness, to your own fitness, and what it's done for you. And it's like, how do you take that step back? It's hard, man, because I have my days when. I don't know how to take a day off, basically. A lot of people have their vices. A lot of people drink, a lot of people smoke, a lot of people cut. They do whatever it takes to release or forget about a certain a certain something. But my vice is the gym. So when I tell those guys tell me you gotta follow back and I'm I got a boot on right now, I got part I got all kind of torn stuff in my shoulder and my arm. But I benched 425, and I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying that because that made me feel good. That gave me that relief. So I tell those people that say you should be using lighter weights, you shouldn't be pushing your body like that, your pancreas, this, that, and third. I listen to them. But I tell you like I tell the doctors. I said I need this because if I don't have this, I'd probably be in jail. I have it to the point where it helps me vent and now in my life it's become more than i want to be the strong guy in the gym i think you said it best a couple months back when i was just starting to get back into it when i saw that you was a personal trainer over there and i remember you saying that and it resonated with me because it showed me how much you grew and it's been it was such a long time that big gap since we saw each other and i remember being really embarrassed by how i looked and I remember you telling me when I first started kind of getting back, and I was like, yeah, you know, feeling strong. And I remember you telling me heavy, the crown lays. Oh, heavy is the head. Uh, <laughs> heavy is the head that wears the crown. Yeah, and I remember back in the day, I wanted, I was that guy. And I'm not trying to shit on anybody in Long Beach between the two main gyms, the two main commercial gyms. I've been in both of them, and I've done some crazy stuff in both of them physically. I, at that small point in time back in the day, we were the kings of that gym. Mm-hmm. So you telling me that, because that was my initial goal, to be that guy again. And when you told me that, I went home I'm like, wow, I don't got to do that. I got nothing else to prove. You're right. So what is it now? What is it going to be? What's the motivation now? Living, venting, and being able to do this. And that's what it is right now, you know? So my new mission and my new training method now is to vent and to push myself. And I'm gonna keep pushing myself because that's all I know how to do. For a fact. Where can people find you to work with you? Um, right now I am renting a space from a JD fit training on 240 West Park Avenue. Um, he, you know, 
looked out for me a lot. He was one of the uh, original trainers at New York Sports Club. And um, he saw he saw my vision. He sees my vision for Long Beach Barbell Club, and he's giving me the opportunity to set it up. So we had a sign up in the window. We, I took it down so I didn't like the sign. <laughs> so <laughs> we're getting a new logo. The website's coming out. We got merch coming out within the next couple months. So, you know, just trying to build Long Beach Barbell Club back up. And I got about 20 good club members now, and we're a family. That's great. And guys like you and Danny, y'all carrying on. Y'all the old school guys, man. We keep – I always tell people, always big you guys up, man. I appreciate you, Sean, so much. You know, I'm very appreciative of all the things you helped me with. It helped me grow, helped me stay humble, helped me stay grounded, and helped me grow as an individual. Thank and you. I do appreciate that. I appreciate you taking the time to tell your story, Thank you. let the people hear what needs to be heard, and know how much this means not only to you, but hopefully this resonates with a lot of other people who have may may have been going through what you went through, yeah, and yeah. it still affects them to this day. So, Sean, yeah. thank you. Thank you for having me. And last thing I got to say is stay hungry, stay motivated, stay focused. Don't fall for the bullshit. Keep it simple, stupid. Kiss.